Good morning and welcome to AI Daily. We're back with another great episode for you guys today. I'm Connor, joined by Ethan Farb. Our, for, our first story up is GOAT, a fine two llama model which outperforms GPT-4 in arithmetic. Pretty small, seven billion parameter model, but it can outperform both GPT-4 and Palm 540B on arithmetic tasks. Ethan, what have you read on this? Yeah, overall, I mean, a fine two model trained on a certain task is going to perform better than general. Um, so I think nothing too crazy new here, but they did have some interesting ways of attacking this problem. One is they use a lot of synthetic data, um, which we've talked about on the show before. Really cool approach using synthetic data to, you know, put up all these arithmetic tasks and make the fine tuning process easier to actually perform better than these other models. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, we've talked about tool former on the show and using a calculator. This is, you know, at the end of the day, you're fine tuning a model for arithmetic. You're pretty much saying, hey, can we make this model better at mental math? So I prefer, you know, using something like tool former with a calculator, but cool paper. Far, Ethan, un unimpressed <laughs> by, the, by the gravitas of this paper. And I can't disagree with him. It's very cool. I'll say the, the coolest part is that I think it falls on a, on a very cool trend line of, you know, continuing to teach these models more specific tasks. You know, uh, I think the point that Ethan is making is that, yeah, you know, if you train it specifically on a very specific type of type of data, it'll outperform generalized models, not to put words into your mouth, Ethan. Um, but, but we've seen that before. And I also think you're right that, you know, it's pretty cool that they're using some, some synthetic data here uh, to pull this off. And we're going to continue to see this happen across all sorts of specific data sets and, and, and knowledge domains. And to me, it somewhat begs the question of, you know, what's going on exactly in the human mind more than just using your language centers to process mathematics, probably. Uh, it's interesting to try and take a language model and force it to do, you know, a type of math, which arguably is a form of language in and of itself, but it's a lot less uh, loose than, you know, most spoken languages are. Yeah, I think there's some merit to the meta question of like, you know, how do we learn mental math and how does that work internally? And what's that going to bring for, you know, other types of tasks in the mind to these models? So it's got some meta coolness, but yeah, I agree. I, I think the methodology here was pretty important. It's taking a very small 7 million parameter model and fine tuning it to be better than GP4 on this pretty difficult task. So that is pretty interesting to see. And hopefully we'll see that in more tasks in the future. Yeah. Next up, we got Firefly working in Photoshop. Adobe Firefly came out, I think, about a month ago now. A uh, very good tool. I really much enjoyed using it. And I think we all saw it was going to come to Photoshop next. Barb, have you watched this? What have you seen? Yeah, I've been checking out the demos. I'm, I, I didn't get a chance to download it and try to get access to the beta, but I, I plan on it. I do a lot of photography. I'm actually kind of going through a, a friend's wedding that I shot right now, and I, I want badly to be able to play with some of these photos in uh, Photoshop using this tool. Uh, I, I use Luminar AI, which is a really fun uh, photo editing tool. Pumped to see this in Photoshop. This is, you know, probably difficult to to um, state how big a set of news this is for folks that use Photoshop. This is going to change the productivity of designers, you know, maybe reduce 90% of their workload on certain tasks. So uh, th this is just mind blowing. And it's awesome to see the folks at Adobe do this. And uh, you know, this is just the beginning. This is, you know, they're gonna, we're going to see this in, in video. I think maybe they're already doing it uh, with some video stuff. 
Uh, but we're going to see this in audio, video, photography. Just awesome to see. Yeah, I'm more of an affinity man myself, but it's really nice to see this from the incumbents. Um, apparently, they even said they're working on a compensation model for Adobe Stock contributor. It's very interesting, mm -hmm. uh, considering Firefly was trained on Adobe Stock. Ethan, yeah. what do you think about this? Yeah, I think the main story here, you know, we've seen a few different tools do this. Uh, you have Runway and you have a few other open source tools that can do this. But the main story here is that for businesses who actually want to use generative AI tech, Firefly and Adobe is really your go-to to avoid, you know, potential copyright claims, et cetera. I believe Firefly worked with, I'm not sure if it was Shutter, Shutterstock or something, but they actually have all the copyright for their images and their gen AI is, you know, quote unquote, safe to use for all these kind of potential issues for businesses. So it's in a tool that, you know, tens of millions of people use every single day. And we're going to see some really cool outputs from it. Yeah, this is definitely the tool for professionals. professionals. Barb said this is in beta now, would you say? Yeah, it looks like it's in beta now. I think some people have access and I assume they'll be opening that up over time. Exciting. Our third story today is Alpaca Farm, simulate a simulation framework for methods that learn from human feedback. So here they build a framework to train different methods and try out and experiment with different methods for reinforcement learning, reinforcement learning for human feedback. But the key point is here is that it's not actually human feedback. It's mostly synthetic data and synthetic feedback. But it looks like a very good framework to test how we train these models to fine tune for chat. Yeah. Barb, what have you seen on this? You know, we talked, I think, yesterday about all of these models, you know, using GPT-4 or GPT-3 to do some part of the work to help train a model or, or, or do something that would otherwise take a lot of time to code or to find data. So this was super cool to see exactly that. They're creating a whole bunch of synthetic data, training on it and, you know, doing what they said, I think two hours and a couple hundred dollars, what might've been thousands or tens of thousands of dollars and weeks and weeks of uh, human time to accomplish. Uh, this is just the beginning of this stuff. We're going to continue to see this over and over and over again. It's kind of interesting though. You kind of needed to do the, the first basic versions with humans so you could get these, you know, AI is good enough so that they can be substitutes for humans. Uh, but, you know, wait for the super intelligent AIs that are using, you know, slightly dumber versions to get themselves tuned up. And then you're using the super intelligent AIs to, you know, create the set for the next hyper super intelligent AI. It just keeps going. It's AIs all the way down until you hit turtles. Ethan, what did you see on this? I love it. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely in love with simulations and synthetic data and almost the ability to tear apart this like logistics moat that some of these bigger companies have. You know, ROHF is such a good framework to make some of these models fine tune to improve them. And as the paper pointed out, you need thousands of dollars just to ROHF a small model. So being able to simulate this, do it with $200 and come within that accuracy of humans is very meta, but also very practical right now if you're trying to train some of these models. I think some of the final, like, final feedback you'd want to use for actual production model was best yeah. from real people. But I think it's pretty key here that there's different methods to do reinforcement learning with human feedback. Yes. And, and if you want to try different methods, Alpaca Farm is how you try different methods. You can simulate the data, you can simulate it at, you don't have to wait weeks or months to get that data from real people. 100%. I think it performed exceedingly well too, if I if I remember the the results from the from the paper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very powerful. Okay, so what have you guys been seeing? What have you guys been seeing this past day? 
Yeah, I saw Google's um, Merchant Center. So people who use Google and sell products, you know, there's millions of small businesses out there and they released what's called Product Studio. So using Gen AI, if you're selling, you know, makeup, if you're selling furniture, you can now use Gen AI to mock up some of these background images. So, you know, we've seen a lot of tools out there. Some people are using them, but now for all these small businesses to open up Google like they always do and go make some awesome product imagery and grow their business is great. So we'll link it below. Well, you know, hot, hot on the heels of Google's big AI show, Microsoft, I think today is doing a build with their sort of re-announcing all the cool AI stuff that they announced yesterday. Haven't had a chance to watch that, but I'm looking forward to checking out some of some of that presentation. They announced, you know, Copilot for Windows. They announced, a, you know, cool bunch of dev tools for Windows using AI, waiting for uh, the meta version of this and you know apple's doing a big presentation in just a week or two here it'll be interesting to see if apple you know starts using the word ai a little bit more uh they're incredibly you know well positioned to do this sort of stuff and if internally they find that you know they're reasoning that the market is going to reward them for using that term and and putting things in terms of ai uh, we're going to probably see some more ai from apple as well yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Apple's like live transcribe thing we talked about last week would work very well in the headset. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that from them. Yeah, uh, I want to I want to throw one more into this, you know kind of AI related, especially on robotics side. Did y'all see Brad Adler's? Uh, I think it's Framer or something. Their new humanoid robot. Figure, figure, figure. Yes. Yeah, they raised I think seventy seventy five million. Yeah, uh, they went from I, I think they built the thing in a year or something like that. They said. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Super excited. Here come the robots. Open the AI, I think, has a robot, or maybe it's related. I think maybe it's just... I think there's three of them now. Open AI has their one, and then Figure, and then Tesla, of course, is demoing some stuff. So Yeah, I've had some more yeah. demos recently on their humanoid robot. Call it, so. yeah. yeah, super exciting. Yeah, I've been playing around with GitHub Copilot chat. I got access to that earlier today. So on VS Code Insiders, you can download the Copilot nightly, and they have the new chat extension. It works a lot well than how Copilot previously worked, where you had to do weird brushes and you had to like comment code and wait for it to maybe write the code. Now you highlight some code, it'll re rewrite it for you directly in VS Code. It'll show a Git diff. And even you can ask for new code directly in VS Code. It'll give you that too. It's very nice to use. Maybe I'll open VS Code again. I was going to say, is, is VS Code your, your, your preferred environment there? It is, but this is the private beta, Ethan. So I don't know if you have access to it. Oh, I'm going to stick with Replit then, you know, the, the real goats here. This episode brought to you by Replit. <laughs> Every episode brought to you by Replit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thank you. Another great episode today. Uh, make sure to subscribe on YouTube and have a good day. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, guys. Peace, guys.